Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Luke 9, 1 through 36. Prepare yourself for a turning point in the Gospel of Luke as we read chapter 9 over the next two days. As we've seen a lot about Jesus's ministry, uh, the different miracles that he has done, even uh, just in our last reading, seeing him calm a storm, cast out demons, raise a girl from the dead, heal a woman uh, from something no one else could cure her from. We've seen uh, the, the parables, even just in the last chapter, we're seeing so much just about the ministry of Jesus. But today we've see things take a shift away just from his general ministry and really start to see a movement toward the cross. And we're going to see that today in chapter 9, and we'll actually see that really referred to in each of the next two days, in the first half and the latter half of chapter 9, and we'll also see Jesus teach on some of the implications of that, and that's where we're really going to want to focus these next couple days. Chapter 9 begins with Jesus sending out the 12 uh, apostles to go and do ministry, and it says he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. And he gives them some instruction, which as we've seen in some of the other gospels, it seems that this instruction was not uh, for them, even for their whole lives of ministry, but for these specific trips. And we also see Herod being perplexed by Jesus. Herod would have been a ruler, a descendant of Herod the Great, who tried to kill Jesus. And this Herod is responsible for the death of John the Baptist. And he's perplexed, it says, because some people are claiming that Jesus is John the Baptist raised from the dead. And he says, John, I beheaded, but who is this that I hear about whom I hear such things? And then we see again the feeding of the 5,000. That's the one miracle we'll actually see in every gospel, a proof that Jesus is able to provide. And in some of the other gospels, it notes the compassion of Jesus towards the crowd as he sees them. Uh, But in this, it really emphasizes that uh, he proclaims the kingdom to them. Uh, It says in verse 11, when the crowds learned it, they followed him and he welcomed them and spoke to them of the kingdom of God and cured those who had need of healing. So, similar language, not exactly the same, but to what he sends the 12 out to do, to proclaim the kingdom and to heal. Well, now he is speaking about the kingdom and healing. So you see those things, and then you get to Peter's great confession that Jesus is the Christ of God in uh, verse 20. And again, a lot of these things are similar to what we have seen in the other Gospels. But it's good to know how each Gospel writer is framing his book. And now we get to the first time that Luke uh, mentions Jesus uh, talking about his death. And it says in verse 21, he strictly charged them and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. So um, we see this teaching from Jesus, this prophecy really from Jesus to his disciples about what is to come. 
that he is going to suffer, that he is going to be rejected, that he is going to be killed, and that he is going to be raised. Uh, That is what he communicates. And then he says to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. But I tell you truly, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God." So there we see Jesus really using this imagery of the cross, which he has now made clear to his disciples. That is his direction. That is where he is headed. And he says that's the path for all who would be his followers. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. So Jesus And what he teaches about himself is holding up a pattern. And even in Luke, it talks about taking up his cross daily. That is what a follower of Christ will do. And you see, again, there's this idea of save your life now, lose it later, lose your life now, save it later. It should hearken us back to uh, chapter six and the, the sermon that Jesus gives in that chapter and how we talked about you need to live like a change is going to come. And now this is kind of another way to put some of those same ideas. You can save your life now and lose it later, or you can lose your life now and save it later because a change is going to come. So take up your cross and follow Jesus. And that's the main thing I want you to think about in response to our reading today. Uh, To examine your own heart. And, And even as it says, take up your cross daily to follow Christ. Obviously, this is a call to discipleship in general, and and, uh, this is really a call to Christianity. This is what becoming a Christian looks like, but there's this ongoing nature of the Christian life that is not just, oh, I took up my cross back when I got saved. No, I am taking up my cross every day, and that'd be a good thing for you to do in prayer today to affirm to God, I am taking up my cross today to follow you. And even as you think through that and you respond to that, this passage brings to mind one of my favorite hymns called Jesus, I, my cross have taken. And this is the first verse of the hymn. It says, Jesus, I, my cross have taken all to leave and follow thee, destitute, despised, forsaken, Thou from hence my all shall be. Perish every fond ambition, all I've sought or hoped or known, yet how rich is my condition. God and heaven are still my own. So there's the heart that we want to express to God today. God, I I want to leave everything else behind. All I've sought and hoped or known because of you, because in you, there is something richer. And I love how the first verse of that takes my mind to the parable of the treasure hidden in the field, right? He, hey, perish all my fond ambitions, that guy says. I'm I'm selling everything I've got, yet how rich is my condition because of this treasure that I have found. And, and, and if you think more about 
even the lyrics of that song, it makes it clear uh, I'm choosing Jesus. And if that costs me popularity, so be it. If that costs me friendships, so be it. If that costs me, if that costs me wealth or riches, so be it. Uh, verse two says, let the world despise and leave me. They have left my savior too. human hearts and looks deceive me. Thou art not like them untrue. Oh, while thou dost smile upon me, God of wisdom, love and might foes may hate and friends disown me show thy face and all is bright. So that verse even focused on the idea of people. Uh, another one of the verses is focused on um, re- really uh, fame or treasure or earthly possessions. It says, go then earthly fame and treasure come disaster, scorn and pain. In thy service, pain is pleasure. With thy favor, loss is gain. I have called thee Abba Father. I have stayed my heart on thee. Storms may howl and clouds may gather. All must work for good to me. One of the reasons I love this hymn is it's one of those hymns you you can't uh, just really sing through mindlessly. This one kind of stops you in your tracks. You're like, whoa, do I mean what I'm saying? Um, go then earthly fame and treasure come disaster, scorn and pain. Do I, do I really even mean that? And that's, that's kind of what I'm trying to encourage you to do today. When you read this, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Do you mean that? Are you serious about that? Um, and that's a good thing for us to examine our own hearts and to prayerfully reaffirm to God. And that's what I want you to do today, for you to be able to say, Jesus, I, my cross, have taken all to leave and follow thee, because he is worthy. He is the one, and just his his worthiness is affirmed in this chapter, not just by Peter, but by the Father. The last thing in the chapter is the transfiguration, where they, they see Jesus and Moses and Elijah. And, and Luke gives us the interesting information that they appear in glory and they spoke of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. So they're speaking to him about what is going to happen uh, at Jerusalem. And then again, at the end of this uh, section, the voice comes out of the cloud. The, the father speaks and says, this is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. That's a good word for us. Let's listen to him, especially when he says we need to take up our cross and follow him. And that's a theme he'll he'll carry through through the rest of this chapter. And we'll see, Lord willing, more about that tomorrow. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.